people deluded i'm back again thank you very much for tuning back in and whatnot obviously i'm trying to branch out and expand myself and test myself so we've now branched out into a podcast in regards to intro themes music and whatnot leave me time to figure that out the main prospect i mean prospect ain't even the right word this main component of a podcast people as you know is the content so yeah, it's going to be a challenging one. I must admit, it does feel quite weird speaking into a mic and whatnot, but we'll get used to it and yeah, we'll just simply have to get used to it. There's nothing else around it, people. It's as, sim- as simple as, man, really and truly. And it's something that I relish, really, because I do believe personally that voice is the future. I mean, you know I'm a big fan of Gary V, and I won't blabble on about irrelevant things, but if you are into that sort of stuff, just type his name in on Google. But let's crack on. I've got a few questions, people. Apologies for the noises as I flick through the pages um, of content you guys gave me in regards to things to talk about. So let's start and not waste any more time. First and foremost, I'm going to carry on with Jaden Sanjo. Now, Jaden Sanjo's just fresh off of signing a new contract at Borussia Dortmund. 190k a week. Well deserved for me. 19 years of age. Got the world at his feet playing consistently um, from game to game, um, week in, week out, more or less, from for Dortmund. Um, obviously, an England international. Um, I'm sure he's broke a couple stats for goal scoring and teenage goal scoring and all them things in Bundesliga. I don't know if it's Bundesliga outright or relation to Dortmund, but either way, he's going from strength to strength. Every game he's improving and becoming more and more key to his side. And I would say he is a key player for, for Dortmund. He's made the difference on numerous occasions, getting goals and assists. I love Jaden Sandra. I think he's very exciting. I was a right back and, and, and played at left back and I would not want to play against Jaden Sandro because he's a typical cage baller. He's confident, he's cocky, he's got all the skills in the world. He can mix up his play. Um, he's starting to improve defensively. I want Jaden Sandro to become the next Raheem Sterling in that he's getting all these marketable opportunities. He's key for his club and whatnot. And I fully support and rate Jaden Sanjo's decision initially to move from um, Manchester City to to Watford. I mean, from he went from Watford to City, but I mean from City to to Germany and Dortmund. It took great courage. He could have still been at City and he might have eventually got a chance. But if we just look at how many youngsters have got chances at City, you'd have to say he'd still be in the under-23s, potentially gone out on loan, begging for a chance. And to be fair, football and life is too short for all of that. And Jadon Sanjo took a leap of faith into the unknown at a club that brings through young players. More importantly, they had a project for him because I know he's playing now, but if you lot remember, he never played straight away, you know. He was blooded in playing under-19s and whatnot, and he got his chance. And many geniuses were saying, oh, why Why did he leave City to go and do that at Borussia Dortmund? Why did they call him back from England duty to go and do that? And now, look, people, for me, he's 19 years of age. I'm sure he wants to win the Bundesliga with Borussia Dortmund. Whether they're able to overpower Manchester City is a completely different argument and entity in itself. But I'm sure he wants to do that. And eventually, as Dortmund know, he will leave and he will be sold. And to be fair... You're looking at 100 million, maybe even 120 because of the dynamic of football, because of the, the, the dynamic with English players and more importantly because he's actually doing dirt and he's just getting stronger and stronger. So there's only a certain amount of clubs that could potentially afford to buy him. I know Arsenal have a long interest in him and we've got a good relations with Dortmund. If we could do something for 70 million or give him some, some, some players and whatnot, then I'd be up for it. But you'd imagine Munich, 
both Manchester City clubs, possibly Chelsea, PSG. These are the maybe even Juventus if they want him. These are the sides that can afford to stump up that sort of figure. And I know he's linked with Manchester United, and from what you hear, they are going to go back for him between now and a year or two from now. They will try and go for him. There's even talk of returning to Manchester City. Does he want to do that? There's an element of unfinished business. I personally don't know his plans. Um, and then there's also the prospect of Chelsea, of course. PSG, I just concluded them because it's PSG. But why doesn't nobody speak about him potentially moving to Borussia Dortmund? I do think he has, clearly he has Premier League ambitions and whatnot, people. Um, but like I said, he's 19 turning 20. He's still got a lot of a young age. Um and more so, if we look at Bayern Munich, first and foremost, they know about English youngsters because they've just signed, he's not English, but they've just signed a little Scottish guy to go into their youth side. Um, they tried to sign Amici from Arsenal and they're probably watching his progress at Hamburg. Um, they You already know about their public pursuit of Callum Hudson-Odoi, um, so they know about English players. You've heard, you hear the chairman and whatnot speak. They're actually fully on spending a hundred odd million for a player now, and I mean, it seems to be Sane, but his injuries complicate things. Potentially, within a year or two, having Jaden Sanjo and Sane as your wide, as two of your wide options with Coleman and Gnabry and things, you'd be unstoppable. You we all know Jaden Sanjo can play on the left, can play on the right, can play in the sort of hole. He's an exciting player, but surely Dortmund are going to go for him. They said that I mean, not Dortmund, Munich. They said that they're willing to pay 120 million, 100 or 100 plus million for a player now. Yeah, right, people. He's playing for Dortmund. He is right under the noses of them, Bayern Munich. And you know, Bayern Munich typically buy up everybody in the Bundesliga. He's right under their noses. It would be silly for them not to run the rule over him and assess his chances because they have a first-hand view, more or less, within that league. He's obviously a young player that will help them rebuild their side, which is the most important. There's talk of Werner coming for free, talk of Sane, talk of Hervites next season. They've already got some young players in and around their squad. Sancho would be that. Um, for Sancho as well, we all assume that he wants to be at Dortmund for a couple of years and then return to the Premier League. And I'm sure he's got Premier League ambitions. But what's to say he would turn down Bayern Munich? What's to say he he won't go from, from Dortmund to Bayern Munich, stay at Bayern Munich for a couple of years and go Spain? Or I'm just making things up now. And again, Madrid and Barca could go for him as well because I forgot them. But... Well, who's to say he's in a rush to come back to the league? Because playing for Munich is a different sort of level. He'd be joining a competitive club. There's league titles. Again, he would still be young and a move to England eventually could happen. Um, I think he's done the right thing, man. He's only 19 and he's only going to get better and better. And I really like him, man. And I just feel nobody's really talking about the potential for Jaden Sanjo to Munich. I don't think it will happen, but it's always a possibility for me anyways, people. Moving on from that, top four. Somebody's asked me to talk about my top four prospects. It's difficult. It's August. I, I'm not, I can't predict the future. I don't know for all of these things, people. But what I do know is I expect Manchester City to be there. I expect Manchester City to be there. I expect Liverpool to still be there, people. I can't lie, but you never know what could happen. So I'm just going to say Manchester City, Liverpool... I'm going to say Spurs because I believe Pochettino, they find a way of doing it over 38 games. And I'm going to back my club Arsenal to sneak fourth or third. Um, I, I don't want to put Spurs ahead of us, but let's just sneak fourth. I believe it's a, it's a fight between Chelsea, Manchester United and us for fourth. Again, things come... What normally happens, what I'm saying now, what typically happens in the Prem are two different things. Because Spurs will probably be dragged into the title race. I mean, to the top four race. Um, who knows? Liverpool, I expect them to 
go for second again but who knows people maybe a lack of investment people kind of are more comfortable playing against Liverpool maybe there's a loss of form to players a couple key injuries and they might not be second they might be in the top four race again I'm reaching I do think Liverpool will be second and be up there in terms of winning the trying to win the Prem um, but who knows people really and truly um, so there's that hmm I don't really I don't really know to make how to really structure this part but I've got Lampard at Chelsea now I believe Lampard will be a success at Chelsea I mean of course I'm an Arsenal fan I hope he's not a success at Chelsea for obvious reasons I mean come on now people <laughs> I don't want Chelsea to do better than Arsenal but I like Lampard man I do think when you look beneath the hood and look beyond the fact that he gives young players chances and the fact that it's Frank Lampard I'm still waiting and seeing to see a bit more. I'm not a Derby fan. I wasn't watching him under the eye, but I'm still waiting to see in terms of philosophy and what he what he tries to do. Clearly, he tries to play attacking football because instantly I'd say Chelsea are back to playing some sort of fluid attacking football. Their issues now are probably defensively and game management because like you're seeing in the second half of a couple of games, well, who did they play? Leicester the other day. Game management, like they were all over that game in the first half. Second half, they started to switch off and then obviously they walked away with a point instead of all three. So they dropped two points. So I think game management and being focused for defensive periods is something that's that, that needs to improve, man. And even how they start games at times, because you look at United, I don't think they had the best of starts in that game, even though they recovered and Chelsea played decent. Um, I do think there's enough for Chelsea fans to be encouraged by, by Lampard, but to a degree, he's not a miracle worker. The trans, let's not act like the transfer um, ban didn't have, impact them in any way, shape or form. Um, but despite all of that, Lampard's shown no... How's, what's the right word? He's not scared to really stamp his own mark. I can't agree with it because no disrespect to Tammy Abraham. He's having a tough time. Giroud, I don't know. We all know about Giroud as Arsenal fans. There's the two of them. I'd be giving Michy Batshuayi chances. And you've seen him play for the 23s despite not being named in Chelsea's Premier League squads. Um if he doesn't deem if he doesn't deem um Michi Bashwai um, part of his plans then he doesn't deem it but I do feel potentially got to look at bringing him back into the squad we've also seen him be quick to get rid of David Luiz um, a former teammate of his so he obviously when you're a manager it's different but he's making his mark people I think Lampard will be a success and Jody Morris will be there as well but only time will tell. And I must admit, just a quick note on Jody Morris, people. Um, we all know he's done great work with Chelsea's academy. He's a former Chelsea player. He's a Chelsea boy through and through. Um, obviously, I'm not saying he's going to get up and leave anytime soon because he's just got the role with Lampard at Chelsea. And I do believe people underestimate how good Jody Morris can be for the club and the young players, let alone, let alone, um, let alone Chelsea and whatnot. Um, because if you look at it, of course it's a bit different. But we've got Lumberg in the academy with our young young players. Jody Morris and Jody Morris was obviously at Derby. But as much as Lampard gives chances, if you wasn't encouraged by Lampard as a young player at Chelsea, you just look to Jody Morris, someone that knows the majority of them from his time there, someone that's Chelsea through and through, someone that really wants to help young players get brought through there. So they should be encouraged. But it makes me wonder when will does Jody Morris have ambitions to step out into management of his own right now? He's been a manager at 23's level. Surely being that close to the Stamford Bridge pitch and that a part of it, I'm not saying he's going to leave anytime soon, but surely that makes you hungry for a taste of the management game yourself. Now, Jody Morris might just be comfortable being a coach and not a manager, and that's not a criticism. Only he knows what he's at. But I just feel. One, I feel potentially he could be, he can be Chelsea manager in his own right, depending on what happens with Lampard. Um, 
too, I feel he could potentially be a good manager because I think he's he's someone I would like to see eventually become a, or, or become a Premier League manager in their own right because I think he plays exciting football, youth, not a real, not not reluctant to play youth, and that will help the English game and help us get players into the full international squad squad and whatnot. Um, of course, being a manager, it's about winning games, not developing players. But you get my point, in it, people. So we'll move on from that. Um, cracking on. Somebody asked me as Usman Dembele stagnated. Barcelona's one. That's a difficult. Qu- Apologies, people. My iPhone just started making noise. Um, I wouldn't say he stagnated, but there's not really a leg to stand on because I did. I did think Usman Dembele would be more of a decision maker and more of a vital player for Barcelona than he is. We know he's a talented player. Is he necessarily in the starting lineup for Barcelona? I believe he is, but there's been times watching Barca, I've not seen him start and I've been a bit puzzled. There is rumours about his professionalism, not that he's got an attitude issue or nothing. Apparently, he just simply stays up all night and plays PlayStation games. I can't verify these things. I know he's had some injuries, some rotten luck with injuries and whatnot. And at times, I feel he's been dropped by Barcelona unnecessarily. But... um. You could say, I can't really say, you could say through injuries and no fault of his own, he has stagnated a bit, but I still think he's a top, top player. Um, he's he's both footed. I do think him, Mbappe, um, Giao Felix, a couple of these players, they're going to be the next flag bearers for Ballon d'Or and all of these things. I think Dembele can be a super player and I'm a big fan of him and he's both footed, very skillful, um, not the most prolific of goal scorers, but can score goals. Um, and I suppose when you've got that talent, it's just down to you. It's a bit, not everyone can be Cristiano Ronaldo, but it's down to your determination. Do you want to be good or do you want to be great? Because he's at Barca, he's won a league title and he's won competitions at Barca. You'd like to think not before too long they claim a Champions League honour. There's obviously Neymar there and Griezmann, so they're going for that. Um, he's won the World Cup with France. He's he's won stuff. Has he won stuff with Dortmund? I'm not too sure, but he's... In his young career, he's got some accolades already and he's got awards that many people won't win. So does he take his foot off the gas? Does he just continue to simply enjoy the fact that he's a professional footballer or does he want to be great? Because it's what you do when you're not training with the first team. It's what you do when Valverde's not giving you tactical drills. It's about what you do off the field or what you do in your personal time. That's going to make the difference. And he is a, still a young man. I don't know where, where his ambition is, but where his ambitions are in football, but wherever they are, I'd, I'd like to hope they correlate with becoming Ballon d'Or winner or challenging him for that possibly or just being in and amongst the, the, the shouts for that really, people. Um, So there's that. Completely different, but I just feel, people, is it just me or do you feel that people are reluctant to accept that Raheem Sterling is better than a lot of players? I feel, not to name drop them, but I feel Sane's got potential to be a top, top quality player and, and be better than Sterling. Martial's got potential as well. And I'm I'm going to speak about Martial again. So I'm not trying to put uh, Martial in any criticism or anything like that, people. Please don't get me mistaken. But I just feel talent and ceiling and all of these, and Rashford, you could say, talent, ceiling and all of these things, it allows players to get away with a lot. Or not even players, it, it gives fans something. It's like... I was having this debate with friends. I was like, Sterling is a better player in the Premier League and he's, a, he's currently done more in the Premier than Martial. And I was told, no, man, Martial's got potential to be world-class. He's got potential to be up there with Mbappe, which United fans were saying he did, and all of these things. I'm not belittling Martial at all, but Sterling's actually applying the talent and surely that makes Sterling a better player because nobody was talking about Sterling like they have about Martial, like they have about even Jaden Sanjo now, like they have about Sane 
and he's applying his his he's applying his is is surely if he's got average average um ability and average potential and he's applying it to quality levels he's a better player he's a way more better decision maker than all of these players I've named if I haven't said Rashford um he's a difference maker he's one of the first names on the team sheet for City and let alone when Pep, when Pep came in, you thought that he was going to think he be one of the first out. Allegedly, some thought that. I'm happy for Sterling. I believed in him. But let alone that, you've got him scoring however many goals. Now, he's not perfect and he still shoots a bit weird at times. But he's scoring goals. He's making the difference. He's red hot fire. He's making decisive movements. So, it doesn't matter about potential and things like that, man. I just feel this whole potential thing, it gets him things clouded because... Rashford, Martial, Sterling, I mean, not Sterling, Sane, they've all stagnated to a degree themselves if, we're, if we keep it 100. Sterling, start Sterling, Sane probably the biggest case, people, because I did believe he had potential to be some serious player, and I still think he does. Um, maybe a change of scenery will make the difference for him at Manchester um, City. Um, but moving on, my, um, keeping up with Martial, I think Martial might have a season to remember, man. Now, like I know we banter United fans, Arsenal and whatnot, but I like Martial as a player. He's reclaimed his number nine shirt at least until January. Him and Rashford and um whatnot, and maybe Greenwood, they have a chance to state their claims for that number nine shirt and whatnot. I don't know if he'll if Social will lose will use sorry Alexis Sanchez in that role because. Yeah, I've seen Alexis Sanchez has actually been linked with um, a move to Inter Milan. Um, and if that happens, that's for another story. But what, Martial's got two goals in two. Um, number nine shirt's got to be more of a confidence booster for him to get that back. The club believe in you. I do think he could be a bit more prolific in front of goal and, and stuff like that. And that's just a comment over the years. But I think Martial could have a year to to remember, man. I, I, um, it's in his best interest because I'm sure him, Coleman, Lacazette... They're looking at Euro 2020 and the disappointment of missing out on the World Cup in which their country won it. Who wants to go to that? Now, it'll be tough for Martial and Lacazette and all these players to get in because Deschamps has his favourites. But if he has a season where he delivers 20 goals and he's informed, then you're hard to ignore people. I think Martial might have a decent season. Hopefully, it's not against Arsenal. But, yeah, I actually wish Arsenal got him in the swap deal instead of um, for Alexis instead of Mkhitaryan, to be fair, which that actually looks like the worst swap deal possibly, potentially and looks like the biggest advertiser for to discourage people from doing uh, thingy free transfers. But moving on, staying with United, Luke Shaw. Now, I'm a fan of Luke Shaw. I have been. There was a time when I, like many people, believed he was going to be the future for England and someone that was going to be consistently there for club and country, for, for, for injuries, for um, issues with managers, general stagnating, loss of form. Something might have happened in his personal life. I'm just looking for reasons. I don't think Shaw has developed to the level I and a lot of people thought he could. Now, he's still young. He can still do his thing. But surely, I don't feel watching United in the last couple of games, he's cut the mustard. And I don't feel we'll have a leg to stand on past the end of this season. There's already question marks with a lot of United fans I speak to. They're looking at Shaw and they're questioning his, his game intelligence with... um. We all know Shaw is good in an attacking sense, but when he's trying to cross or the final ball, it can be frustrating. And if I look at Manchester United's defence with the obvious, obvious sorry, recruitment, you've got what's his face? You've got Yam, you've got um, Wambasaka. I was about to say Yan Wambasaka, who's coming at right back and can nail that down for a couple of years. They might bring in another centre half, and they've got Bailly. But right now, I'm just gonna say Maguire, who's coming for eighty odd million, and Lindelof, who was playing quite consistent. You've got behind them, you've got De Gea. Do I need to tell you who De Gea is and how good De Gea is? And then you've got Shaw. So you can see how Shaw can be the odd one out because United have a chance of 
rebuilding the squ- a really a real quality defensive back five unit, including um, De Gea. But then I look around and it looks sure looks like the odd one out. So I do think potentially after this season, he might not have a leg to stand on, people, if he keeps um, ramping and whatnot. So he needs to buck up his ideas. Carrying on, people, again, I know I'm an Arsenal fan, but surely, surely Spurs have to mount a title challenge within the next, well, within the next, within the next season, with this season. I'm not saying they need to win it, but surely they've got to be either where Liverpool was pressing City or they've got to be, it's got to be Liverpool, Spurs and City. I say this because um, a lot of Spurs fans I speak to last season, they, they obviously got to the Champions League final and they got Champions League via the league, but I'm sure they'll admit it weren't the best of domestic campaigns based on the, the amount the last couple of years they've had. Um, it happens. It is what it is. Um, but they still managed to get there. We know how Pochettino is. We know he's been there for a while now. Um, he's got the he's got the players thinking, believing into his thinking. He's can build this. He's built the squad. They can play a range of tactics: three at the back, four at the back, five at the back, two up front, one up front. Um, they've obviously got Kane getting twenty league goals. They've got Ericsson, one of the creative forces. Delhi. Um, they've signed reinforcements in Lacelso. Ndombele, sorry, I believe is going to be a quality player. He is a quality player, but he's going to be a quality player. And I do think Spurs have a coup there and they're going to make 80, 80 to 100 million on that signing, man. Because I do think in the next three, maybe even four years, he, the big boys are going to be out for him. Once he develops into the finished sort of article, because he's not that yet, then there'll be nothing stopping him. And he's got, what, two assists for for Spurs already I think he probably needs to define his position as well because I have him down as a box-to-box midfielder but he said if he's going to do that and get into advanced forward positions um, and be someone that makes runs into attacking thirds he's got to be able to get goals and assists obviously because of his physicality people are going to say he can be a defensive mid and whatnot and I think he is good at winning the ball back of things but I think Ndombele he's got so much more than his physical appearance people he's a lovely ball player if he can just learn to focus and keep his standards up from the night, if from the first minute to the night, if Spurs got a great player. But anyways, back to the main point. They've signed players like that um, to reinforce the options they have. Surely they've got to have a title challenge or bring a trophy home of some capacity. Because um, even Pochettino has said it will be failure if they don't. The trophy this season will be failure. And obviously, I believe everyone in the top six, if you don't win any trophy, obviously some trophies are not success. But if you don't win any trophy, it is failure. Um and you, I do think to a degree, is this the last? Is this the last year, potentially for Spurs to go at it before? I won't say fall by the wayside, but become a tiny bit less competitive. I'm saying that they will reinvest. What I mean by that is, when I look over at Spurs, I think slightly they might have to rebuild something because if you look at the back five, including Loris, like the 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 normal back five, I know Trippier's gone, but the you you'd say Rose, you'd say the two Dutch centre halves people. Surely there's a prospect of them all gone soon, you know, because. Toby and Jan Vertonghen, there's clouds over their futures and their contracts. Again, they could both stay, but they're not necessarily the youngest. Rose seems to be a case of when, not if he'll leave. Trippi is gone. Every year, Loris gets older. So, potentially, long-term, Spurs need to rebuild that back five. I'm going potentially off target here. Actually, off top, off topic here. I just thought I'd add that. And Spurs recognise that. They've got Ryan Sessegnon. Again, I don't know if he's going to end up as a winger or a fullback people because I've seen him excel in both roles, more so the left-wing role as he's been a regular or was a regular until he moved to Spurs in Fulham's first team. Um, But let's just say he's going to be a long-term left-back. That's Rose's replacement there. It's completely different, but they've obviously signed Clark from Leeds. Don't expect him to create any fireworks next season, but 
Um, you never know what another year with experience for Leeds can do and could help. He might help help Spurs in their quest next season, um, 2020-21 it would be. Um, but back to the main task, I just think surely Spurs got to be up there, man, because they've, they've got the players to do it. They've got the consistency to do it. They've, they've kept the squad together for a while. They've improved it with quality additions. Surely they've got to really mount a title challenge or bring back the FA Cup or go again in the Champions League. Again, the Champions League is a different entity. But do something of such like that. Who knows, people? It's not really for me to answer. So it is what it is. Moving on from that, um, somebody asked me, considering the different type of midfielders, what is our, at our club, Arsenal, what is our most balanced midfielder? And that's a tough one, people. Apologies, people, the alarm. That's how you know I got up before I was meant to get up. Apologies. Um, Hmm, in terms of balance, I, I I think we're actually, Arsenal, we're actually potentially missing some balance, you know, my guy. Um, I would like another box-to-box midfielder, but potentially, hmm, I'd, I'd, off the top of my head, I would probably say Xhaka, to, Xhaka Ceballos and Torreira, based on the fact that Emre is going to play him. Um, yeah, I'd say probably probably that, to be fair, or maybe maybe Ceballos, Torreira and Guendouzi, two box, well, three dynamic midfielders and whatnot. Um, maybe Xhaka, Xhaka, Torreira and, and, and Willock because I think Willock con- um, complements Xhaka quite well to be fair they work quite well in a pivot hmm it's tough man probably it would probably be the or maybe if it's not a free in midfield it'd probably be Xhaka and Xhaka and Torreira in terms of what Emre deems gives them balance but for me it would be Torreira another box-to-box midfielder and Danny Ceballos to be fair who's quite dynamic in himself um, but I do think we've got some good options, man, in midfield. So we'll see how that one goes. Um, next on my list is, can Arsenal win the league within the next three years? How long is a piece of string? I always find them sort of questions weird because I don't know. I don't, I can't, I don't have a crystal ball. I would love to say yes. I, um, I'd love to say yes. I would say I, I would change that and say, do I, should Arsenal it? mount a title challenge within the next three years and when i say mount similar to this what i just said about spurs i'm not expecting them to win it but i mean like a proper challenge i'd expect that based on how we're told it's going to go if we bring in these players these young players to develop you'd like to think within two years they'd be ready for that but i can't hand on my heart say we're going to do that people i think right now we just need to focus on top four um who knows if different players are brought in and and we're, we're provided with a shock to the system similar to just to what josh Cronke and the people did this summer in the market with the additions of pepe sabios and loan and other things we didn't think were going to happen then who knows man but how long is a piece of string to be fair um next topic is should we change our approach well arsenal should we change our approach to games depending on whether we're home and away well at home i I want us to be on the front foot a bit more but i do believe home or away you've got to find a healthy balance which hasn't always been there of adapting to the opposition and also showing what you can do i feel at times we've probably gone into games thinking about what we can do too much and been been battered simply put and there's been times I do think, especially since Emre's come, not a criticism, where potentially we've overthought about the opposition, we've overplanned for the opposition, and it kind of in um, disables us from really going out there and playing any fluid football or doing what we can do or showcasing what we can do. So I do think we need to find balance. But I would say yes, because I, what I like with Emre, 
we're, we're better against the top six sides specifically. Now, for every good result we had last season, we had some buky ones. But I do think you should tailor them. Clearly, it comes down to game management. If you're away from home at a ground and you know the, the team's on top of you, the fans are feeding off that energy, the um, fullbacks are overlapping and whatnot, then you'd look around your teammates and say, yo, listen, we're up against it. They're, they've got the 12th man on them. Let's, let's, the tactics we normally deploy, let's change them a bit. Let's, for the next five, ten minutes, let's sit in and soak it up and take it from there. Um, that's down to the players to have game management, but it's also down to Emre to change things and whatnot. So I would say yes and no. It's about healthy balance, to be fair. Um, it, it's, simp it's just simply about healthy balance. Um, I think I made a video about this, but somebody asked me to speak about is Hayland paying off Arsenal's academy? And in short, it clearly is paying off. Many people will look at top six sides, myself included, and I do believe top six sides, more young players should be given chances, more young players could be given chances, but it's the belly of the beast, as you guys know, it's near enough impossible for young players to really make it at a club and really get an opportunity, so just to see one progress from the first to the first team is a blessing. It's sad to say, but many of these... If just one makes it, people, because why do you all the scouting that teams do, all the scouts they deploy, all the coaches they deploy, all the amount of teams that they've got from under, let's say under sevens to under twenty threes, only two or three, a handful are gonna make it, people, in that club, let alone as professional footballers. That's that's all that matters, really. It's sad because you'd like to see more, and I'm exaggerating a bit, but that's how tough football is. And even if one makes it and one progresses either to the first team to become a regular player for the first team or they're sold for profit, is a blessing, people. For me, the academy serves two purposes. First and foremost, to bring through players at Arsenal. We're, we're Arsenal Football Club. We bring through young players. We bring through attacking players. I'd like to see defensive prospect, but we bring through players, yeah? So that's the first thing. Young players and people that can identify with this club are a hallmark of football, um, people. Hallmark of our football. And second of all, the ones that can't, if they're sold on for profit, that can be reinvested or reimbursed back to the club and enable us to move forward, that's great. Um, you A couple of years ago when Glazidis was here, did we not invest? Did we? Firstly, we had a mandate of bringing in one player every two seasons into the first team setup. Now, we might be slightly off that, but you look at when Iwobi came in, Iwobi's come in, a couple of years, Joe Willett's come in, Maitland, no, sorry, Iwobi, then Maitland-Niles. Now you've got... Um, You've got Joel Willock and Saka and Tyrese, John Jules, Nelson, Emil, all of these sort of players there. So we're, we're, we're down, we're, we're really doing our commitment thing. And there are some young players here that have a great chance of developing into squad players, first team regulars, just being in Arsenal's 25 squad in regards to the Premier League in the future or, or competitions in general. Not everybody has to be a star, people. Do you get it? I would love Saka, Willock, Tyrese, Nelson, Emil and all the players I just said to make it here at this club. But reality is if they don't, they could all be sold on for profit, people. You look at someone like Amici, who I hope develops into a 30, 40 million pound player and I badly wanted him to make it at Arsenal, people. You look at Amici, didn't make a first team appearance officially, sold for 2.5 million pounds, people. Do you get it? Someone like Balogun, who's now getting 23s lookings, I believe... If he, he's someone that foreign clubs could go for next season in regards to what's been happening with English youth, he could be sold for a similar fee to Amici, which is another two point five million, which is ten million pounds for what ten, which is five million pounds for two players that have barely that that haven't played officially for Arsenal's first team. Eddie and Ketty and shout out to him for actually bagging for Leeds coming off the bench and scoring his two goals. He might not make it at Arsenal. I hope he does, but he might not. You'd like to think that's ten or that's ten or twelve million. So adding Balogun and Michi 
and 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 potentially Eddie, that's around that's that's around fifteen, twelve to fifteen, and or, or more million pounds that can be reinvested into the academy for players that aren't really gonna have a shot here. If you get what I'm saying, or didn't get a shot here, I'm saying ten for Eddie. I'm I'm lowballing him because if he has a decent season in the championship, it goes up. Of course, people. Um, so there's players that there's players that can progress. There's players that can there's players that can be sold on. And like I said as well, or I, I don't know if I've actually said it. Did we not invest forty million into our academy into Hayland people? I'm trying to focus specifically on homegrown talents. Hayland. There's a different conversation to be said with the Gnabrys, the Marlins, the the Jeffrey Adlays, the Banasias, and all of these players that have left and advanced their careers elsewhere there's a different debate to be had for that people but in regards to strictly the homegrown players did we not invest 30 to 40 million um in the academy and in, in doing up Hayland and whatnot was a Wobie not sold for 35 to 40 million pounds people so that's one player already banks your it banks your money back of course it's not as simple as that because if you was to go into detail which i can't and look at how much money it costs to invest into a will be all the training for all the all the training drills he's been part of all the kit you've had to buy him all the traveling you've had to pay for him to go and play in international tournaments and all the other investments that not just him all the other players have benefited for you might see you might you get what I'm saying? The the net the net money we actually made on the Wobie would be different. But look at without keeping it in simple terms, people. We've developed a we we a Wobie souls that one we give young players chances. Two we can sell them on and reinvest them because the Wobie is the success story. He's sold for the same money that we invested into the club. He's come in here since how long the Wobie was in the first team setup? People, let's say two three years. Well, not two, about three four years. He's won FA Cups. He's gone on to make a hundred appearances at this club. The fans have been able, he's been scapegoated, but the fans are able to identify with him and he's had a good career. He's now been sold on and now it looks like the production line is bringing through more. Because if Saka develops, I think Saka can be a first team player. I think Tyrese John Jules can be a first team player of sorts. I think Joel Willett can as well. Nelson and Emil, do I have to really say them? But if they don't, you'd, you'd like to imagine Nelson can bring in, and I'm not lowballing these players, 20 million. Emil, 20. Tyrese, 15, 20. Joe Willett, 20. Sakar, that I think he's making it here, but you get it, people. These lot are bringing in decent sort of fees, so I think the academy is working, people. There's no way someone can say it's not. And from what I've told, we do have some good under-14s, but I'm not watching these players to verify how valid these claims are, people. So I'm not really going to involve myself in that because I, I don't know. But I do know our under-16s are good. So there's something in the in in the, in, in the water at Hayland. I'm not watching them religiously, but you look at um, Zach Away. I cannot say his name. Forgive me. I believe he's of Nigerian descent. He's played for England's under-16s. You've got Malcolm Eboe, exciting winger, very strong, very skillful. Just go on his Instagram, always twist a man up for fun. Very good player, and I'm excited to see him. You've got striker Kayon Edwards. You've got Marco Flores, who we just signed from Ipswich. You've got Charlie Pantino, he's a good player. Can't know his can't remember his last name, but you've got midfielder Moro, who's very distinctive with his afro and he's a baller people. You've got Mon Louise, centre half, who I'm very, very excited about. Let's just leave him to develop, but I'm excited about. You've got Amari Hutchison who can play in a couple of forward advanced positions, who for a small player is getting quite strong as well. So the future is bright. Of course, some of the players that I've said in the first team setup and some of the players I just said now, it's naive to believe they're gonna make it here. But if they can make it here, that's great for us. If they can go out elsewhere and keep the Arsenal banner in that we've developed these players keep going then that's good for us as well um 
So I'm happy. Even if we look at play, you also got to look at the players that might not make it at this club. Like you look at Ben Shea, if you look at Medley, you look at Ballard. I believe they all have a good chance, but they could be sold on for decent money. You've got Dominic Thompson, who's only played for Arsenal in pre-season. He's joined Brentford for a decent fee. Again, bringing that back into the squad. And for me as well, I'd like to see more Arsenal, uh, more Arsenal Academy grads widespread. And what I mean by that is... I, I, I was trying to think of some off the top of my head. I know Lansbury's still playing. I know um, Luke Aylin and Kieran Gibbs are having decent careers, respectively, in the Championship. Luke Freeman, who we bought, and is not technically Arsenal Academy, who we bought, is now playing for Sheffield United in the Premier League. Um, so I think we're doing our job. There's no way someone can say it. it's not. The, the academy is not paying off. And I mean, you look at it as well. The only thing probably crippling us is that, like other clubs, we're losing prospects very young. Um, and you just think, what money could that have been? We lost Okoflex to Celtic. I mean, there's a pathway at Celtic for him and you can't begrudge him for that. And I think he's an exciting prospect because he would have just been crabs in a barrel at Arsenal with all the other wingers. Um, but we lost him. Very annoyed that we lost Musa to Valencia. Um, to be fair, him and Aziz's schoolboys were badding it up for the 18s. He's gone. Did we not? I can't remember his last name, but Ovi, that's formerly of Liverpool, now of Reading, I believe. I think he's gone there permanently. We missed out on him. So you got to think about if Musa goes to Valencia and develops, as Ocoflex develops, um, how much money would we potentially have lost out on? Ovi's been sold for five million, allegedly, to Reading. So we missed out on five million. And we potentially could have lost out on first team players in Musa and Ocoflex specifically. Um, so, in short, I believe there's no way someone can say the academy isn't working. I mean, it, a blind man could see that the academy is working for me, people, really and truly. Like, it, it, it clearly is. There's no way around it. It is people. Um, um, it would, I do, like I said, man, I do think more top six sides can do more for young players to get into the first team setup. And I do, I have seen a lot of players at Arsenal go without being given an opportunity, really and truly, people. And it would be nice for them to get one. Um, to really end this, it's quite irrelevant, but it was nice to see. I think I mentioned it. Eddie and Ketia came off the bench against Brentford um, for Leeds in the 77th minute and then scored in the 81st. It was a, just an instinctive tapping finish um, across from Helder Costa. But the I like the run he made. He made um, I don't know the Brentford defender, but the Brentford defender from the whole fate started the attacking phase to the end of the end result being a goal. Completely unaware of Amici, where he is. Not Amici, Eddie and Ketia unaware of where he is and what's he doing. So it's nice to see he, he's got two and two, essentially, in his two appearances. Hopefully he starts. He's still getting used to the team and all them sort of things there. So hopefully he starts his next game for Leeds, but who knows. And congratulations to former Guna Daniel Marlon, who carries on the trend of, of developing, himself, developing himself after leaving Arsenal. He's been called up to the Dutch full international side for the upcoming friendlies, which I believe are in September. Um, so good on him, man. You look at Jeff. Jeff's got a move to Lyon. You look at Marlon, who's um, had a good season. He scored like 10 goals in the in the Dutch top league last season. Um, he's went and done that, and now he's in the Dutch squad. Benassia's playing for a historical big club in, in, in AC Milan and is now an African Cup of Nations winner as well. So you should never be scared to get out of 23's football for me, people. But on that note, I've got nothing more to add. I've been here for a long time. I thought, let me try this voice thing. By the time this comes out, it's probably going to be outdated. But yeah, like I said, people, I will develop it and rework it as I get better and whatnot. But the main thing to, to any sort of venture is to start. And I've made the most important step of starting. So on that note, people, deluded. I'm out. Thank you for watching and rocking. Well, listening, people. You see how I'm still used to YouTube? 
nonetheless thank you people out